Starting your own seedlings does come with many good benefits, only if you avoid this very common mistake. I'm going to be sharing that with you today, so let's get growing. Hello and welcome to the Pray Just Plant Podcast, a show that talks about growing, growing a garden, a homestead, and most importantly, growing closer to God. I'm your host, Crystal Mediate, owner of the Red Ridge Farm Homestead, located at the foothills of the beautiful Bighorn Mountains in Wyoming, USA. Our mission here at Red Ridge Farm is to help women of faith find the courage to grow healthy food for their family while building a closer relationship with our Lord and Savior. If that's you, don't let the world hold you back. Pray just plain. Welcome to the Pray Just Plant Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Media, and today in this episode three of season one, we're going to talk about the benefits of starting your own seedlings. And we're going to talk about a very common mistake that I've made, and maybe you've made it too, and how we can overcome that mistake. And if this is your first time listening to the Pray Just Plant Podcast, thank you for joining us today. Welcome to the Red Ridge Farm community of fellow growers. Let's talk about the benefits of growing your own seedlings. Growing your own seedlings can be extremely satisfying and the benefits are priceless. I started my garden for many reasons, to save money, to have better options for our plates. I very quickly learned that if I was going to grow the certain vegetables in my growing area, I was going to need to purchase seedlings. I love living in homesteading in Wyoming, but one drawback of this is that I only have 107 days of a growing season. That means if I start my seeds outdoors in my garden after the last frost date, that plant only has 107 days to grow and produce a harvest before the first frost and fall come. This limits me to only vegetables that could produce fruit in that length of time. I couldn't raise tomatoes, peppers, pumpkins. Really, this list is too long for me to share with you. This made me dependent on purchasing seedlings from my local growing center. The seedlings would have been started in their greenhouse, which I didn't have, earlier than they needed to be planted outside. And of course, I was a beginner gardener and a busy mom, so I thought this situation was a win-win for me. And it can be a perfect solution for you too. But here's the rub. It has its limitations. I think you'll be able to see its limitations when I get into the benefits of growing your own seedlings. Let's go through through them now. So the very first one would be variety. So when I would go to my local growing area, they had the varieties picked for me. Yes, there were going to be varieties that did well in my area, but they were very limited. So there was only one, I believe I remember only one paste type of, of tomato that I could get. There was um, only certain kinds of zucchini and squash and pumpkins. It was what they chose to grow that I had to purchase. So by growing my own seedlings, I would be able to easily choose from And I'm sure if you look through your seed catalogs, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different varieties of even tomatoes. I would be able to choose from a huge variety of different vegetables or different tomatoes instead of just the ones that my growing center provided for me. The next thing is I could grow them how I wished. So when I went into my local growing center, I would have to be at the whim of how they chose to grow those seedlings. So if they chose to give them chemical fertilizers, that's what I had to deal with. If they chose to raise them in certain soils that may not be as environmentally friendly, I had no control over those things. 
But as a person who could do my own seedlings, I had control of those things. I could control if I wanted to raise them organically. So I could use organic fertilizers. I could use uh, soils that were more natural, more um, readily available in my area. So that would bring the cost down. I could choose how these seedlings were taken care of. And as a result, I could also save money. That's benefit number three. I could save money because a seed packet costs $3.25 up to $5, depending on the variety that you get. And I could get 25 to 100 seeds in that packet where I could buy four seedlings for $5 up to $10. So you can see the price difference there. Now, it's going to save me physical money, but it wasn't going to save me work. Now, growing seedlings is going to be work. So I was willing, because I had the time, I was willing to give up the time to save the money. The other thing is for health of your garden. So like I said before, those seedlings were not grown how I may have grown them. And they're going to be grown in a situation that is completely different than my garden. Maybe they have a situation where they have more pests. Maybe they have, you don't notice the pests because they use pesticides or something on their seedlings that you just don't know about. Because if you go to a big box store, like my local growing center, I would never say that they would do these things. If I go to anywhere else but my local growing center, those seedlings are shipped in from other areas. So they're shipped in from places that are not Wyoming. So whatever bugs or situation they have over there, they've shipped that into my area and then I've purchased that and now I'm going to go plant that in my garden. So that is something else that the, another benefit of growing your own seedlings is that you can limit what comes into your garden and have a better chance of, of not bringing in some other bug or disease or pesticide or something like that into your garden and into your, into your soil. So the last, um, not the last, so the next benefit was growing a fall garden. So it wasn't a few, it was a few years after I'd been starting doing my seedlings that I wanted to expand my garden because even though I could, had only had 107 days of growing, I could still do a fall garden, but that meant that I would need to start some seedlings indoors so that they would germinate in cool temperatures because they didn't germinate very well in the middle of our summer. That's another misnomer about a fall garden is that you're germinating those seeds in the middle of the summer and you're growing fall crops, which are usually cooler crops. So if I wanted to go to my local growing center or the big box store and get seedlings to grow a fall garden, they just didn't have them. They weren't available. They only went for what season would make them more money. Of course, a spring season of growing vegetables for a lot of different people, growing seedlings for a lot of different people would be more beneficial than growing a few seedlings for a few people that would do a fall garden. Because a lot of people including myself in the beginning, fall would come, garden's over. But as I wanted to increase the amount of food that we grew here on the homestead, I wanted to put in a fall garden. So that mean meant that I needed to start my own seedlings because they just did, they weren't available. So that's another benefit of starting your own seedlings is because you um, can start them whenever you want. So the last benefit is teaching children. 
So like I said, I was home with my children and it was a great opportunity for them to be planting and coming up with something for them to do as well as me in the, the spring months when it was really hard to get outside and do things. So this one gave the kids something to do. It taught them about where their food's going, coming from. It was a great activity that we could do inside. And so that was the, that's another great benefit of starting your own seedlings. So you can see why growing your own seedlings can come with many benefits beyond just saving a little money. About three years into growing my garden, I decided to start growing my own seedlings and I knew it was going to be hard work, but the benefits like I shared with you before were definitely outweighed all of what, all the work that I was going to have to pay put in. So I was ready to give it a try. That's when I ran into the most common mistake gardeners make when starting their own seedlings. And I'm going to share that mistake with you. But first, it's time for the tips and tricks segments of this episode, where I share with you a few bonus tips and tricks I use here at Redridge Farm. This week's tip is brought to you by the Start Your Seedlings Like Pro Masterclass designed to help you grow your seedlings from start to finish as well as the ins and outs of setting up a seedling area and using all of the equipment. So the tip this week is soil testing. Spring is a great time to get your your soil tested but you want to be aware of the temperature of your soil. You need to wait for it to warm up a little bit because the cold can lock certain nutrients in your soil such as phosphorus and you may get false readings if you're doing a home test. If you send in a test it should be perfectly fine. Usually they do the steps of warming up the soil. So you just want to wait until if you're doing a home test just wait until your soil reaches a temperature of about 50 degrees. Now let's get back to the most common mistake gardeners make when growing their own seedlings. I told you before that I know about this mistake because I ran into it myself. It was very easy for me to get caught up in the details of how to start my own seedlings and what supplies that I needed. And this mistake didn't catch up with me until about six to eight weeks into my grow into the process of growing my seedlings. And now that I look back at that year, my only excuse is that I really, really wanted this venture of growing my seedlings to work. And so I did everything I could to get it to work, but I didn't think past the first week. And you've probably guessed this mistake that I've committed that first year. And it was that I started my seedlings way before I needed to. I got so caught up in the process of starting them that I didn't sit down and figure out the proper times I should have been starting them for my growing zone. I discovered this truth when my plants began to outgrow their little two-inch cells trays that I had started them in. At first, I didn't see this as a problem. I just potted them up and moved on. And potting up means I moved them into a bigger pot with new soil. This fixed the problem for a while, but then the seedlings outgrew those pots, and so I had to pot them up a third time and a fourth time. Now you might think, how could this be a bad thing? I was going to have very large, healthy plants to put in my garden, and I would be able to get my harvest quicker, right? Well, that's true, but the main reason that, one of the main reasons and benefits of growing a guard, of growing your own seedlings is saving money, Right? This does not help you save money because you're having to pot up, meaning you're going to have to buy more pots. You're going to have to buy more soil than you normally would have if you would have start them at the correct time. In fact, when I crunched the numbers, I had spent five times 
more than I would have if I would have just purchased my seedlings. And the work was way more than I thought it would be. I knew I was going to have to spend some time. Yes, that was one of the goals was to spend time, right? To, to, to not be bored. But I had to spend more time take care, taking care of these seedlings. And I also had to do more work. Well, these guys were ready so early that I needed to have room for them. So that meant I needed to start taking them outside sooner, but I couldn't plant them outside because the first frost, last frost hadn't come. So I had these plants in big, huge pots and they needed to be carried in and out every single day. So the difference of carrying 20 individual pots with big huge tomatoes in them compared to carrying a tray of 20 seedlings that are at the right time is huge. I mean, it is just huge. It's the difference of making one trip outside to put your seedlings out to 20 trips outside. So that was a big problem for me. So that increased the work. And then I had to do it more often because these seedlings took up more area. So a tray of seedlings usually takes about a two foot by three foot area that needs to be underneath the lights. I quickly ran out of that space. I, it was like probably four, four times more space than that than I needed for these seedlings. So my dining room table was covered with seedlings. My floor was covered with seedlings. Every available counter was covered with seedlings. And then every morning I would have to get up and take all those seedlings out because we do get fairly good temperatures in March, but I just couldn't leave them out because then at night it would freeze. So I could take them out during the day. So that means I would haul them out every morning and haul them back in every night. And usually hardening off time is about seven days. So I went from seven days, 30 days of hauling these seedlings in in and out and not only hauling them out 30 days, but 20 to 30 different pots hauling them out every day. And these pots were probably six inches wide by 10 inches tall and full of soil with big, huge plants coming out of them because I started my seedlings way too early. They were not the size that I would go to my garden center and buy. They were not that size. They were twice that size. And that does seem like a good thing. But it was so much more work, so much more money, so much more everything. I had to come up with a solution. I had to figure out how to start my seedlings at the correct time. Now, if you want to learn about how I came up with this solution to starting my seedlings at the correct time, make sure you check out the episode I did in this series called Garden Planning, How Your Simple Garden Plan May Be Holding You Back or by clicking the link in the description box below. Make sure you check out the entire description box because I also have a lot of other resources there for you too. Now it's time for the Growing With God segment of this episode where I share more about building a relationship with our Lord and Savior. The first step of your journey of growing with God starts with your acceptance of Jesus. I talked about this a little bit last week. This has nothing to do with inviting him into your heart. That's kind of a misnomer. Um, A lot of miscalculations of a verse says that, you know, we need to invite Jesus into our heart. We need to um, open ourselves up for him. And the truth is our salvation does not depend on us inviting him but us accepting him. I don't know it's kind of just a little bit of difference of the word, but the the difference is, is an invitation is you come up with the idea. 
It's your thought. It's your driving. It's like you're inviting someone to the party, right? You invited, you thought of this person. You want to be, you want to have a better relationship with them. So you invite them and you hope that they answer the invitation, right? Because that's what invite means. You are inviting them, but that doesn't mean they might show up. Now that's different with God. God is going to show up because he has been the one who is inviting you. It's you who has to accept the invitation. If God is the one inviting us, it's our job to accept the invitation. Do you see that? We accept the invitation. And how we accept that invitation is to accept, to acknowledge that Jesus came, he lived, he was God, he died for our sins, and he rose again. When we accept that, when we acknowledge that, when we believe in that, we accept God's invitation to us. He's there. He's wanting to ask us into his palace. He's wanting to bring us into his salvation. He's wanting to bring us into his grace. He's there first. It's through him first that we get that salvation, and we get that salvation by accepting, not inviting, like I said before. Because remember, inviting is us coming up with the idea, us being the host. God has already came up with the idea. He is there. He has the palace. He has the salvation. We don't. We're not inviting God into our salvation. No, it's us accepting God's invitation. He is the one that has the house. He's the one wanting us to join him. He's the one wanting us to be part of his family, to be children of God. So it's us who have to accept that. And what he asks us to accept is that we acknowledge that Jesus Christ was born and he was God. God was born a man and he came to earth and he lived and he died for our sins and he rose again. Part of being invited is if we look at when we go to a party, right, we're invited. Who is usually the one who gives the gifts? The host, right? God gave Jesus as a gift to us and he died on the, on the cross for us. That was a gift that God gave us. And by us accepting the invitation as well as accepting the gift that he gave us, That is when we get our salvation. And there's nothing we can do but those things to earn our seat. We just have to have faith in God that he is going to hold up his side. He gave us the invitation. He gave us the gift. We have to accept it and have faith that he's going to come through. It has nothing to do with our works. Yes, he asks us to do good works. But our good works is not what gives us salvation. It is God's gift of Jesus Christ and God's grace, his grace upon grace. So John 3.16 states this, these very th- this very thing. So it says that, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believe in him, believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It was God's gift to us. It's stated right there in 3.16. Now what about the invitation? The accepting, the acknowledging of, of Jesus. This is in John 1, 12 through 13. Yet to all who did receive him, 
to those who believe in his name. He gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or of husband's will, but born of God. So it's right there in those two verses. It says that we, God is the one inviting us. God is the one given his gift. It is our job to accept it. And the next thing we need to do is to be ready to hear his voice. In John 10, 3, Jesus states that he is the good shepherd and that it is he calls his sheep by name and that it is his sheep will recognize him. We are his sheep. When we accept that gift, when we accept that invitation, we become God's sheep, become, become Jesus' sheep. Jesus becomes our good shepherd. So how do we learn to recognize his voice? Well, it's kind of the same way I've learned to recognize my parents' voice. I've learned to recognize my husband's voice. It's by hearing it all the time, every day. And the more you spend with the person, the more you recognize their voice. The more you spend with a person, you learn what they want and what their needs are and what they ask of you. The same thing comes with God. We need to learn to recognize his voice. We need to learn to recognize wants for us as well as what he wants us to do for him. So starting next week, we are going to be reading through the book of John. As you notice, all those verses that I gave you were from the book of John. And the book of John is kind of like a love letter written to us, telling us how easy it is, how much God loves us, what he has done for us first, so that we can accept and accept his invitation. So next week, we're going to be starting with reading through John 1, 1 through 10. Let's get back to the secrets of how I now currently avoid making the mistake of starting my seedlings at the wrong time. So after that first year, it wasn't my first year of growing a garden, but my first year of growing seedlings, I almost felt like maybe I should not do it. But I had all those pots and they were sitting there staring at me and I had already spent the money. And that's one good thing about another benefit of seedlings is that once you do invest in all the seedling equipment, and if you would like a list of um, all the seedling equipment that I use, you can go to the link in the description for my seedling supply checklist. Or you can find it at www.redridgefarm.org resources. But once you get all that equipment, you have it. So it might be a little bit of an investment, which would have been a less investment if I would have started them on time, but it's already a little bit of an investment to begin with. And so I was like, well, I did already spend the money, so I'm going to continue to try this out. So I sat down and really tried to figure out how I needed to um, schedule my seedlings so that it they were planted at the right time so that I could maybe relieve some of that work, all that mistake that I told you about in the previous section, I could relieve some of that. And so I did a lot of research and I came up with, you know, like I told you before, you need to know your first frost date. And so it all depends on your first frost date. And on the back of your seed packet, you have all of this information about how you can, it tells you right on there how many weeks from first frost date you need to be starting them in your, you're starting them. I sat down, I made a very good chart that first year. I had to count a lot. I had to flip the calendar. I don't know how many times because for every different variety I wanted to plant, I had to count back and start them on the correct date. I've developed a database that does all this work for me. And if you would like more information about this database that I have developed, 
um, because it, it, it truly does save a lot of time instead of me having to study my seeds all the time, instead of having to flip the calendar all the time. I just have this database that I can easily now just put in a start date and it calculates all the different varieties for me and I can just quickly go from there and go look at the pumpkin and say, oh, this is this date and oh, my onions are this date, which I started onions this week. So this database helps me calculate those dates. And I explain a little bit more about this database in my garden planning blog series that you can find in the description box and my new garden planning masterclass where I share not only this database, but also the other four that I have developed. So let's recap. There are several great benefits to growing your own seedlings. It is very worth the time, the little bit of money, the satisfaction of growing your own varieties, growing them how you want them grown, um, not bringing any pesticides or different germs into your garden area, and teaching your kids where your food comes from. I think that is the greatest benefit of starting your own seedlings. And then number two, you need to avoid the mistake that I avoided, which is starting your seedlings at the right time. Starting your seedlings at the right time is crucial to growing your own seedlings. That's what those growing centers are doing. That's why they're different than you and me, is because they know that seedlings need to be started at the right time for their area. And that is a good benefit of going to your seedling, your growing center and purchasing them. But secret number three is that you can calculate these dates. I've done it and I've actually found a very easy way for you to do it too. And you can find the information about how I do it, about how you can quickly do this by quickly just putting in your date and getting this database and doing it yourself, as well as learning more about how I do my growing, how I do my garden planning, because a garden plan is truly the backbone of your garden. So I want to thank you guys for joining me today and joining the journey. We'll see you next time. Pray, just plant.